You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. It is Rory Vaden. What a blessing and privilege we have today. I'm so excited to introduce you to a guest from Iran. His name is Mehdi, and it is 1.30 in the morning at the time of this recording, uh, where Mehdi and I are getting a chance to chat, and we're just meeting for the first time, but I believe that he's an aspiring entrepreneur, and uh, we're going we're gonna to understand what that means and what his dream is all about. So, Mehdi, welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me. Oh, what a what a what a privilege! What a what an honor to be able to talk with you. And um, so, at first, I would love to just hear a little bit about your story. Tell us who you are. What do you do? Um, before we get into what your question is, we'd love to just understand a little bit about your background. Thank you so much. Well, my name is Mehdi, living in Iran. I am twenty-eight, and to be honest, ever since I was a child, I have dreamed of having my name in life. And I wanted to become an entrepreneur and I dreamed lots, lots about actually this, I mean, activity and uh, the process of being entrepreneur and having and creating my own business. And uh, until I actually quitted my job, if I'm not mistaken, one month ago, in order to actually uh, become entrepreneur. And uh, nowadays, I am about producing our product and running our, running our business. And now I know that how much actually this activity is really, I mean, difficult. But I know that by applying discipline and consistency, I can achieve this dream. And uh, that's it. That's a brief story about mm-hmm. my life. What were you doing? You you mentioned that you you just left your job one month ago to kind of pursue your dream of being an entrepreneur. What what have you been doing up until then? Well, uh, actually, I worked in a power plant. I was a technician at a power plant to uh, earn a living, and uh, it was a mistake to be honest because it wasn't actually my dream job. It just had a competitive salary. But I knew that uh, in order to even become an entrepreneur or achieving whatever I want, I need to uh, be paid. So decide money to achieve everything that I need. And because of this, actually, I employed in a power plant 
But I realized that if I wanted to actually continue that job, I would I would uh, just squander my time. And uh, I realized that maybe I reached the end of the line and I needed to, I mean, do something different to, mm-hmm. I mean, pluck up my courage to achieve, you know, to face the, uh, my, how can I tell you, to face the barrier to actually tackle with it because it was a, uh, I, I was afraid of it. I was afraid of actually quitting my job, but uh, I faced it and I know that I can handle it to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so tell us what are you, have you already, where are you at in the process? Have you already started your business? Are you looking for a business idea? Uh, do you tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now as an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's, um, let me actually uh, describe it in this way. Anyway, we are creating, actually, we are about creating some electronic devices for someone having uh, greenhouses. This is a, actually a product can help them to control the environment of their, uh, I mean, greenhouses. Uh, easily, more easily. And this is actually intention that we are about to organize it. And we have done many steps in this case, but uh, we struggle some uh, barriers in this case. Instead of, for example, doing market research in this case and realizing that this product is needed. Uh, when it comes to, uh, I mean, speaking with them, they know. That, I mean, they they know that they actually need this product, but uh, when they want to, for example, buy it, they realize that this would become really costly and uh, costly, and mm. we don't know how can, for example, manage this problem. And uh, mm. I think that this is the area that we have to focus on it in order to, I mean, solve it. And this is uh, maybe can be a help from you. Mm, I got you. So your your question is kind of around the concept of how do you justify the price or how do you get someone to see the value because it's it's fairly expensive to make the product and make the device And so you've got to be able to demonstrate or showcase that it's worth it so that people will actually pay you for it. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay, great. What a great question. Um, Yeah, we can definitely work on this. And then the, uh, a couple other things just for some background, you, you mentioned that you, you're saying the word we, like we have started, we have this product. Do you have a business partner or do you already have a team or are, are, are you, is, are there more people in the business or is it just you right now? To be honest, when I wanted to actually start this activity, I thought that I could actually handle it uh, alone. I actually did market research. I 
made a survey and offered it and, and sent it to many people. But I realized that this is not the I mean, activity that I could handle it alone. So I offered one of my friends to, I mean, help me. And uh, because of this, I told you that we are doing something. And mm-hmm. yes, I have actually a partner. I have a business partner and who is my friend. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and this is someone that's like your same age and your same kind of uh, like level of business experience. It's not like an investor or somebody like that. No, he's not actually an investor. He's uh, 30 and he's my friend, as I told you. And he's a, a electrical, electronic engineer. Hmm. Okay. And do you have, does the product already exist? Have you, have you, like, have you made the product? Is it in your hand? Like if I wanted to buy it today that you could, you could take my money and send it to me? Uh, no, we are actually creating it and it hasn't finished it yet. And, you know, I thought that uh, more than actually creating a product, doing market research and finding and realizing that there are people needing this product is more important than actually creating it. And after doing market research and realizing this importance, uh, we would create it. And mm-hmm. nowadays we are actually creating the product. I gotcha. And is that part of why you, you need your friend is because he, he's an electrical engineer, so he can help you actually build the device? Yes, exactly. Okay. I like that. And there's nobody else involved in the business yet. And so you guys are just one month into it and you're just, you've done some market research. You believe there's people out there who need this and you're just trying to figure out how do I, how do I overcome their, their challenge that it's costly and expensive? Yes, precisely. Okay. All right. So, so I love this. So first of all, Let's just talk about the cost thing for a second, because this is a huge issue for everybody who's an entrepreneur or what we sometimes call an intrapreneur if they run their own division of a company, um, et cetera, uh, or just a salesperson who's paid on commission. And the, there often is a challenge around price. And people will say, oh, well, that's expensive or that's cheap. And the key thing to understand here is that price is always about context, meaning that, pr- that, that, that numbers in general often are sort of useless, independent, like by themselves where numbers often have value is in comparison or in relationship to something else. So I'll give you an example. If, if I told you, uh, you know, that I had a car for sale for 10, you know, like $10,000. If, if, if I went up to somebody and I'm not talking to, to you, um, but you, you guys uh, use the, the real, right? Yes. 
Okay. So I don't know what, um, let's, let's see here. What 10, 10,000, um, us dollars might be, um, something like 42 million real. I'm just doing a quick calculation. Mm, Uh, Yes, precisely. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, if I told you I had a, a car for sale, and it was 40 million real or 10,000 10, US dollars. And I said, do you want it? Your, your initial instinct might be, well, no, because I don't have 42 million real extra laying around or 10,000 US dollars. But in reality, the, the right answer to that is it depends. Um, if it is a 1989, like Dodge Caravan, minivan like my first car was with simulated wood paneling down the side it wasn't even real it was fake wood paneling down the side and i said do you want this for 42 million real 10,000 us dollars the answer would be no way the car it's not worth that but if i were telling you i have a brand new rolls royce uh, that we are selling at auction because the owner defaulted on the payments and we need to get rid of it today for $10,000, 42 million real. You would probably find a way to afford that car. You would find a way to come up with the money. And the reason why is because pricing is always relative. It is, it is relative to something else. And, and if you understand that, that core concept that pricing is relative, then it teaches you a lot about marketing and sales because you don't, when you go to communicate and, and you know, the key to being entrepreneur is being able to sell. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that here in, in a little bit, but just to answer your question directly, if you understand that pricing is relative or pricing is about context, then you go, Whenever I'm having a conversation where I'm trying to influence another person to buy something, the real conversation is not what is the cost of the thing that I'm trying to sell. The real conversation is what is the cost of the thing that I'm trying to sell compared to something else. And The key is to understand and to be skilled at comparing it to something else. Now, there are a lot of things that we can compare it to that will, you know, effectively minimize that cost. So, first of all, one thing that is um, that you would compare it to is you compare it to other competitors. Um you, you that's an easy one to say well this car is you know 10,000 but it's like this other car that is 15,000 so this one's a really good deal that's one thing but that's not the most powerful thing the most powerful things to compare the price to is the impact of them living without the thing you're selling over the course of the long term. 
So the most powerful thing you can compare your price to is the impact of them living without the thing that you're selling over the long term, right? So I don't know exactly what you're doing here, but you mentioned that you are selling some device that helps, you know, optimize or control the environment for greenhouse owners. So if you come in and you tell me how much, how much, uh, how much is this thing, Mehdi? Like how much do you think it costs? Maybe $5,000. Okay. Right. So if you just come in and say, Hey, I have this thing that costs 20 million real. Do you want it? The answer is probably no. I don't have 20 million extra real laying around. And if I did, I, you know, I'm not sure I would use it on this. So the conversation has to shift off of the, off of the price of the thing that you're selling onto the value of the thing that you, the, the value that the thing you are selling has in the other person's life. So one of the ways to do that is to extrapolate. Okay. That's a, that's a big word, but that's what I was saying over the long term. Extrapolate basically means think about or add up what the, what the impact of this is not just on today or tomorrow, but over the course of the long term is you say, okay, in the absence of this device, you won't be able to optimize your greenhouse. Therefore, the negative impacts associated with your greenhouse will be X. And if you if you take what is the negative impact, you know, that X is on your greenhouse and you and then you think about that over the course of the rest of the month, the rest of the year, the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years, you can demonstrate for them that even though this thing cost $5,000, 20 million real, it's actually going to save them uh, or it's going to preserve for them what might be hundreds of millions of real or tens of thousands of US dollars over the course of time. And so the big mistake that people don't understand and the big mistake that either new salespeople or new entrepreneurs make is they focus too much on their own product. And what you want to focus on are you know, two things. The problem that your product solves um, and the payoffs that your product provides. You want to focus on the problem that your product solves and the payoff that your, your product provides. So if you say, okay, you by implementing this product, it's going to save you these negative impacts and these negative impacts translated into other translated into dollars or translated into reals is actually far greater than the cost it is to purchase the device. Um, the inverse of the problem is what is the, what is the payoff, right? So there's, there's typically, whenever you introduce a product, there's typically either a problem that it solves that is really valuable or it, or it is, a payoff. Sometimes you're lucky and it's both, which would be to say, okay, not only will having this device save you costs. So when I say problem, we're talking about 
saving them costs, uh, reducing their expenses. But the payoffs, another word for payoffs or another concept for payoffs would be increasing their revenue is if you can demonstrate, you go, sure, this thing costs $5,000, 20 million real, but it is going to optimize, you know, the performance of your greenhouse. So not only are you not going to kill the plants that you have, you're going to accelerate the growth of the ones that you have because of this environment, which is going to make you more money. So it's really a conversation of how much are you going to save them and how much are you going to make them? And that's what the conversation is about. What young salespeople or young entrepreneurs do is they focus on the cost of their product. What experienced salespeople or experienced entrepreneurs talk about is how much is it going to save them or how much is it going to make them? Because there are some things that could cost a million US dollars, which would be something like, let's see here, I'm trying to convert it to to real on the fly. That would be something like uh, mm, 421 million real, right? So there are some things that could cost 400 million real or a million US dollars, and it's still a good deal. If it, if, if it costs me a million dollars, but it saves me $10 million, or if it costs me a million dollars, but it can make me $10 million, it's still a good deal. So the number of whatever you're charging is just a number. It's a necessary number that is based on what is the cost of the good, the cost to produce it, uh, whenever you come up with a price, there's usually a couple things here. So there is, um, you know, the, it's it's the, the cost to produce the item uh, plus the cost of selling the item, right? There's typically some costs. You're either paying a salesperson a commission. Um, you're paying uh, some marketing costs like to run ads or billboards or like whatever you, you're, you know, you're going to do. And then there is the cost of the overhead of the company to make the item. Um, but, and then there is profit margin. So, you know, you could just say, generally speaking, the cost of an item comes from the cost of producing the item plus the cost of selling the item, which includes all of the activities that go into it, you know, marketing and sales and management and, you know, CRMs and, you know, a team and blah, blah, blah. And then there is profit margin. So you add those numbers up and that gives you the cost of the thing you're selling. But what is important when you are selling is not talking about the cost of the item. The cost of the item is necessary based on what the item is. The whole conversation is about how much does it save them or how much does it make them? Cost is relative. Does that make sense, Mehdi? Yes, precisely. I know what are you talking about. And you know what? As I read a book written by actually my role model, Darren Hardy, I realized that in order to actually make a good sense, in order to, I mean, have a 
big sell or have a thriving company and having a, I mean, thriving product. We need to actually connect customer with, for example, their needs, desire, hope. And we have to actually understand all of this and connect our product with actually this uh, importance in their minds, in their lives. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Even they know that, for example, how much this product can help them because they are actually really struggling with controlling the environment environment of actually giving house uh, spontaneously and with, I mean, human activities. But in terms of actually offering the price of the product, I don't know why they insist, why they think that come on, this is really costly for us. Uh, yeah, I get it. Okay, so so a couple things on this. So one thing is connecting your product to their desires and dreams and hopes is really good and really important. One thing I just want to make sure to say in addition to that, and this isn't just for you, Mehdi, but for the benefit of the people listening, is don't just connect it to their desires and dreams and hopes. Connect it logically to money. So like desires and dreams and hopes is like emotional. What I would encourage you to do is actually do the thinking for them, do the math for them and write it out, create a chart or a table or something that says, look, without this product, your greenhouse will produce X. And with this product, your greenhouse will produce Y and Y is greater than X. And it's, it is greater than X by more than the cost of this product. And if you can also demonstrate to say, um, without this product, you will produce X with this product. Not only will you produce Y, you will also save Z. And so really the value is Y plus Z um, is the real, the real value. So just again, not necessarily for you directly, Mehdi, but for everyone listening is it's one thing to talk, uh, sort of loosely about their emotional dreams and desires. It's another thing to literally commit to paper, do the thinking for them, do the math for them and show them how, if you, you show them like as a, almost as like a mathematical proof to say, Look, over the course of five years or 10 years, this product pays for itself. So if you, I would say you have to do that, all right? And, and, and it, 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 it's like you're making a, an, a, a logical case where it's, it's irrefutable. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue with that this product pays for itself, not just in theory, but mathematically. Um, that helps. And then the other thing that I think is worth mentioning here is that the number one driver of success in sales is not how good your product is. It's not how good your marketing materials. It's not how good your sales presentation is. It's not how good uh, or skilled you are at having conversations. The number one driver of success in sales is the number of people you are talking to. It is, has always been, and my guess always will be. 
that success as an entrepreneur is about talking to a lot of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people. And a lot of times what we tend to do, again, I'm not talking necessarily directly at you, Mehdi, but you're, you're giving me inspiration for what I know a lot of people are struggling with. And what I struggled with as a young entrepreneur and a young salesperson is there is this temptation to want to craft the perfect product. And then there is a temptation to want to craft the perfect marketing materials, the perfect website, the perfect social media feed, to have the perfect words, to have um, everything perfectly organized. And in reality, what will determine your success way more than having all that stuff perfect is telling a lot of people about it. And you, you ultimately all of marketing and all of sales is a numbers game. And it is a number of very low conversion percentages. Marketing is your, your tip. If you're converting 1% of the people that you're are seeing your product or service, that's usually like pretty good. If you're selling Selling 20% of the people that you have a dedicated conversation with would be really good. Typically, it's more like 10 or 15%. Um, and so the for most people, the answer when you're first starting out is you have to talk to more people. You have to see more people. You have to do hundreds and hundreds of presentations and phone calls and uh, you got to talk to these people, which is really what to me is way more valuable to me. Prospecting is market research. Prospecting is market research. What's way more valuable than surveying and sampling and polling people is picking up the phone and calling them or knocking on the door or sending them a direct message or email. And it, it just, there is, I've never, I've never met an entrepreneur who was successful because they created a product and immediately 80% of the people who saw it wanted to buy it. It's always a very low percentage. And so you have to find a way to create huge reach and, and huge volume in terms of the number of people that are being ex exposed to it. Um, and, uh, you know, so you do want to, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a good product. I'm not saying you shouldn't have good marketing and that you shouldn't strive to have good sales, but ultimately the thing that you just cannot get around and you, there's just, you, there is no replacement for telling a lot, a lot of people about it. And, um, you know, you're early on. So my, my guess is you, you haven't had a chance yet to expose it to that. You haven't had hundreds of one-on-one -on -one conversations with greenhouse owners yet. Uh, and that's okay. That's normal. Um, but just keep, keep that in mind that a, your, your number one predictor of success is how many people do you expose to your product? Yes. Good note. Thank you so much. I will do all the things that you told me, but I spoke to actually not hundred, but maybe 50 greenhouse owners. And okay. As I told you, all of them are uh, really excited about actually having the product, controlling all the environments that they have, even in the survey. But uh, yes, 
this is a good idea. This is a good idea. I, I know that what are you talking about? And I will do that. Ah, so yeah. And that's great. And, and here's the other thing I would say. So let's, let's say you go out and you talk to hundreds of people and everyone says, this is, this is really, really great. And then they say, but I still, I can't afford it. Right. Anytime someone tells you I can't afford it, it's real simple. You just say, you just say something like this. Um, you just say, other than being able to afford it, is there any other reason why you wouldn't buy this? And you, you, you really, it's just called isolating the objection. It's classic, classic sales stuff. Um, you say, other than being able to afford it, is there any reason why you wouldn't get it? And they say, no. And you say, okay, so you're telling me that you love the product. Yes. You're telling me that you see the value of it. Yes. You're telling me that you think that if you had this product, it would increase your performance. It would increase your revenue. It would decrease your expenses. Yes. And Okay, great. And so the only problem is you don't happen to have all the money right now to pay for it. Do I understand that correctly? And they say yes. If they say yes to that series of questions where it's like, I get it, I like it, I love it, I want it, I see how it'd be valuable. Great. Well, the good news is we have a payment plan. And that is where payment plans come into play. And you say, and what happens is you go, no problem, you can do the payment plan. Now, you'll charge a premium for the payment plan, but it's less money out of pocket up front, but they will pay more in total over time there. And, and the reason why is because they're paying you, uh, they're paying you for the time value of that money. And, and now you have a payment plan. And in, and in that case, you can build a business around that concept and you can start getting customers. You can start getting wins. Now, you know, you'll, you may have to get banks involved or investors or something like that because you need to cash flow the business. Um, and you might need more cash than you can create. But if you can prove that you can create sales and you can get customers to sign an agreement that says, I will pay for this, oftentimes you can then convert that into, you know, being able to, to go to banks and say, look, uh, you know, people are willing to pay for this. They want to pay for it over time. So payment plans become a good option if and only if somebody is saying, I love it. I want it. I see the value. My only objection is I don't have the pile of money available to me at this moment. But but if that's true, if they really see the value over the long term, then a payment plan will make sense to them. If it is, if not, okay, if you offer them the payment plan and they go, oh, I just don't think I can do it. It's not the price, what that tells you is they don't actually believe it. They might be telling you they believe it, but they don't actually believe the value of it. Um, because if they believed it, they would act in that. They would act in a way that was according accordance with that or in alignment with that. Um, and so, you know, payment plans can be a good litmus test for you to know whether or not they're telling you the actual the actual truth. So you might look at payment plans. Uh, Medi and and a lot of this just you know for what it's worth, it's hard when you're starting a business. It's really really hard 
Most people fail simply because they don't talk to enough people. They don't offer it to enough people. You have to have a, um, one of my mentors, this guy named Larry Wingett used to say this all the time. You have to have a really good product and you have to ask a lot of people to buy, buy it. And if people aren't buying from you, it's either because you don't have a good product, even though you might think you do, you actually don't, or you're not asking enough people to buy it. It is always and only one of those two things. Um, and so you got to figure out, and it's usually some combination of both. So as best you can, as fast as you can, you want to, um, accomplish, accomplish those two things. And if, if you say, no, my product is great. And I've asked, I've asked hundreds of people to buy it and still nobody's buying it. Then you go, well, you need to serve a different market. It means you're either in the wrong geographic location or you're targeting the wrong people. You need to, you need to target more of like a higher demographic income earning, you know, you have to target then only certain companies or greenhouses that make more money. Um, you know, or, you know, if you're really committed, you might have to say, well, I'm going to go international. I'm going to, I'm going to find a market. I'm going to find a market where people can afford this. Um, and those aren't, those aren't easy decisions. Um, there's not, nothing is easy, but you can do it. There's always a way. There's always a workaround. And here's what I know, Medi. If you are willing to get on the phone with me at 1.30 in the morning and subject yourself to, you know, asking questions and this kind of conversation just on the hope of that, that there's an answer, then, then you can figure out how to be successful in this business. There, there is a way. The, the reason that you don't succeed will never be because success wasn't possible. If you succeed, it is because you decided there is a way to succeed and I will find it. I will continue pursuing it. I will work at it until I figure it out. If you don't succeed, ultimately it will be because you allowed yourself to believe there wasn't a way around it. And that mindset is something that I'm not sure if it can be taught. Successful entrepreneurs have it. They, they decide it. They, they will it. They manifest it. They create it. They, they, they figure it out and they go, I will not be stopped. I will find a way. I'll find a person. I'll find a manufacturer. I'll find a market. I'll find a channel. I'll find a mechanism. That's not most people. Most people say, I will try some things that are reasonable. And if they don't work out, then I will give up. And that's not bad. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're probably not cut out to be an entrepreneur. But you found a way to be here at 1.30 in the morning uh, and you've been hanging tough. So I believe you can do it, man. Thank you so much. You actually motivated me. I think that I could finally find someone understanding the word of me and you inspired me. That's really, it was really good for me. Thank you so much. Well, you're so welcome, Mehdi. Make sure you're staying plugged into everything at success.com. Make sure you're following me on uh, my social media. And, you know, you can always be leaving me questions and comments. We create lots of content, you know, uh, all around for entrepreneurs and people who are on the path to success just like you. So stay plugged in, my friend. We wish you all the best and we'll, we'll look forward to following your journey. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure for me to 
Wow, what an awesome opportunity. Like, I was so fired up to have a conversation with an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur from Iran. What a cool, cool thing. And a big shout out to you, Mehdi, for coming on and talking with me at 1 30 in the morning. I mean, that's amazing. That's that's commitment. That's really great. So I just want to button up for you and uh, for everybody listening that, you know, my my top three takeaways from that conversation, because it I think it applies not just entrepreneurs, but everybody specifically in sales. I would say this is one of our most sales focused conversations that we've had here on the Success Line podcast. And it's uh, these these are the three big things that stand out to me. Number one, pricing is always relative. Pricing is always relative, right? It is don't talk about the price of your product or service. It's pretty much worthless or useless to talk about the price of your product or service. Now, you have to share that information at some point. But the point is, you only share that information in context of or as it relates to either the problem that your um, prospect has that it solves or the payoff that it could provide to your prospect, right? So the price of your thing doesn't matter. It could be really high or really low. What all that matters is the relation between the, the cost of your item in relationship to or in the in related related to or in the context of how much does it save your prospect or how much does it make them in other words how much does it reduce their expenses or how much does it increase their productivity or profitability and you can get almost any product to justify its own cost by just extending the time horizon as far as you need to go for it to be profitable. And I have done this. I mean, I have sold everything I've sold, not everything I, but I've sold a lot of stuff, right? Like we, we have, I sold um, baseball cards. I sold music albums. I've sold, um, I worked for years selling sunglasses. Uh, we, we started, uh, I stole books door to door. I've sold uh, all sorts of, I sold CDs. I've sold coaching programs, uh, consulting, speaking, training. I've sold book proposals. Uh, I mean, we've sold consulting opportunities we've helped clients sell homes and loans and insurance products. I mean, we have sold everything and it is always the same conversation. It's, it's not how much is it? It's, it is, what is it worth? This is the difference between how much is it and what is it worth? How much is it is again, sort of irrelevant. What matters is what is it worth? What it is worth is dependent on how much money it's going to save you or how much extra money additionally is it going to make you over time? So even if I was selling something that cost a million dollars and it only saved you, you know, a thousand dollars a year, right? At some point, it still becomes worthwhile, which would be a thousand years. If it saved you a thousand dollars a year for a thousand years, then that would be worth a million dollars. So you go, well, you know, at year 1001, you you're making money. So at some point that would be ridiculous, but 
At some point, if you extend the time horizon, you can justify the investment for just about anything. If you look at what are the cost savings and and what are the, the, the productivity or profitability increases over time. And that is what your conversation should be about. If you're hearing it costs too much, you're not doing a good job of having that conversation. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I'm just sharing you out of lo- sharing it with you out of love. That's what's going on. Number two, all of sales, all of sales is a numbers game. The reason people fail is not because their product you know, isn't good enough. Their marketing isn't good enough. It's not because, you know, they have the wrong team. I mean, those are all things that you should work to remedy. But the number one reason why people fail or succeed is, is functionally speaking is, did they talk to enough people? Did they find enough qualified people who were the right fit for their product or service? And did they tell them about it? If you do that, you'll succeed in spite of a crappy product. We know lots of crappy products that succeed because they found a way to get in front of a lot of people. And th- what is even more true, unfortunately, in a very heartbreaking way, is we know a lot of amazing products, a lot of amazing products that failed because the team or the founder or the salesperson or the owner or whatever the, the team couldn't figure out how to get their product in front of more people. This is a numbers game. There is no shortcut around that. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a successful salesperson, you got to increase your numbers. You got to increase your reach. This is something that we talk about all the time at Brand Builders Group. Results times reach equals reputation. Reach is a huge component of success. It's just more opportunities, more at bats, right? You, you know, it's like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You got to take more shots. Like you, you, at some point you got to expand your number of attempts. And, and uh, if you're trying to just make perfect attempts, you're not going to make enough attempts and you're not going to win, which points to the third big takeaway. And we got to the heart of this right at the end of that conversation with Medi, which is the entrepreneurship mindset is a rare mindset. Entrepreneurs find a way. They believe there is a way and they work until they find it. Most people are not built to be entrepreneurs. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're going to be failures. It just means they're not built to be entrepreneurs. And what that means is that most people have a certain pain tolerance, a certain pain threshold, right? Like they'll make five attempts or six attempts or seven attempts. And, but they, they have, they have a quitting point. Entrepreneurs don't have a quitting point. Like it's not about how many attempts the, the, the answer. And you say, well, Rory, how many attempts do I need to make? The answer is however many it takes, however many it takes. And if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you, are an, if you are an entrepreneur and you're deciding do you want to be one, you got to have that honest conversation right now. You got to look your face and you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, am I willing to do whatever it takes? Am I going to find a way? Am I going to figure it out? If that's not you, like if you're not built that way or you don't want to be that person, you might look at, at, at taking a job doesn't mean you're not successful. It doesn't mean you're a failure in life. It doesn't mean you can't make huge amounts of money. You can, 
but you, you may not make it as an entrepreneur. I just don't know of a single entrepreneur. I will say this. I will go on record saying this. I don't know of a single entrepreneur who had an easy road. Not one. I don't know one single successful entrepreneur who was like, oh, I found the perfect formula. It worked out. It all fell in place. Not even close. Every single successful entrepreneur I know, their story is just problems and pain and setbacks and tragedy and rejection and and failure and it's and it's resist it's it's resilience and perseverance and determination. And so look, that that's the job. That's the game. That's the gig. So you either gotta decide, do I have that or do I not? And if you don't, maybe this ain't the thing for you to be the entrepreneur. But if you do, then don't be sad. Don't whine. Don't complain. Just embrace it and go, yep, I'm on the right track. Like, this is it. My life is about conquering one problem at the next, like solving one question after the next, just conquering challenges, solving problems. That's what I do. I find a way. I find a workaround. I am used to it looking impossible. I am used to. I I fully expect at this point being an entrepreneur my entire my entire life. I've done it so many times. I said we've done it so many times and mostly my wife and I have, have, have done all of our businesses together. We've done it so many times that it's like, if it's easy, like it's never easy. It's just not easy. Like, and, and it's about figuring it out and finding a way and staying committed and being determined. So make sure that's who you are and what you're doing. And it's okay to need encouragement. It's okay to need to pick me up. And that's why you got to keep coming back week in and week out right here to the success line. Follow me on social, follow success on social. You got to stay connected into this community of people. Be plugged in um, because you need that encouragement. You need that community. We're excited to be here for you every single week. That's it for this week's episode. I'll catch you next time on the success line. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.